Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, listeners. This is NWP Radio, a production of the National Writing Project. And today is May 22, 2014. I'm one of your hosts, Joy Alberts, at the NWP in Berkeley, California, and Pat Fox from the National Writing Project is also here. Hi, Pat. Hi, Joy. So whether you're listening to us live or on demand, um, we want to let you know that the focus of tonight's show is um, teacher leadership. Uh, This is a phrase that we hear and read often in the year 2014. Um, We want to talk tonight specifically about teachers at the center of leading work at their writing project sites. And... Teachers have been doing this at National Writing Project sites around the country for the past 40 years. Tonight, Pat will talk with leaders from two writing project sites as they unpack how they, as teacher consultants and leaders at their writing projects, lead programs, and as part of this leadership, take responsibility for the health and growth and oversight of their writing project site. Those of you tuning in from writing project sites have similar stories to share um, as those you will hear tonight. Currently, writing project sites around the country are launching programs as part of their Supporting Effective Educator Development, also known as SEED, Teacher Leadership Development Grants. So it's a fitting moment for this conversation. As always, if you are listening to us live, we invite you to join us in the chat room where we'll be posting links to materials related to tonight's program. You can also ask questions in the chat room and we will feed them in to our guests so that they can um, hopefully answer and respond. Um, So tonight, Pat and I welcome Bruce Penniman and Leslie Scantz Hodgson from the Western Massachusetts Writing Project and Karen Hamlin and Karen Holm from the um, Oregon Writing Project at Willamette University. Thanks, everyone, for joining us tonight. Glad to be here. Thanks for having us. Great, great. Thanks so much. So, Pat, I'm going to turn it over to you to get us started tonight um, with our first guest. Thanks, Joy. Um, Hi, everyone, and I want to thank you all for being here, uh, for taking this time uh, to to share some glimpses into your your work at your sites. As Joy mentioned, um, we're here tonight to get a picture of what teacher leadership looks like at sites at this current moment, Um, and to think about the range and variety of the roles that teachers play in developing and leading site programs, in supporting the sites professional community and in contributing to the key decisions about site goals and uh, financial sustainability. So teachers really at the very center of um, the ongoing work of writing project sites. So the work uh, that you all will be sharing uh, represents that range and uh, and the roles that teachers play, that, that you all play in developing and leading site programs in supporting the community of your site and in contributing to the central thinking about site goals and uh, sustainability. So I just want to frame this a little bit with a, 
with some thinking about leadership development. Um, and, I, and I think you all recognize that that's at the very heart of our work as writing project sites. We bring new teachers into the professional community of our sites through a variety of doors, from study groups to conferences to open programs, and of course the Invitational Summer Institute. And we pull teacher consultants and veteran teachers together in special focus and advanced institutes, as Joy mentioned. Um, at the very beginning, much of that work is currently being supported by uh, supporting effective educator development uh, grants these days. And we prepare ourselves and colleagues for leading professional development uh, in school, and in particular at this moment with a focus around college and career-ready standards. So these are all familiar practices that run across writing project sites and engage the energies uh, and nurture the development of future leaders. Uh, I imagine you all, as I am, am thinking about my own trajectory of work with writing project sites. Uh, but in addition to leading programs, there's that other layer of work that teachers lead on the effort sites, the work that looks inward and is more internal to the central operations and the structure and sustaining of the site. And so a little bit later on, we want to take a look at that too. But for now, we want to start off with a look at a few of the many examples of the day-to-day -day programs and the work that you all are leading and that your sites are benefiting from. So I want to start by bringing in Bruce Penniman from the Western Massachusetts Writing Project to tell us about his work. You've been a teacher leader at Western Mass for a while now, and you've worn many hats. So I wonder if you could start us out by telling us about the work that you're currently involved in with the site. Uh, certainly. Um, I, I think my official title at the site now is uh, Geezer in Residence. Uh, <laughs> I've been around the site for a long time. Um, but what I've been doing uh, recently is, is serving kind of as a, a program manager or coordinator for uh, a number of projects, um, including the, uh, the last uh, SEED High Needs uh, School grant that we had. Um, we also have one going with um, uh, a state-sponsored uh, readiness center where we're uh, doing a, a literacy leadership institute, and I'm helping to coordinate that. And um, also a, uh, uh, a program in the, one of our urban districts where they're doing a summer program for ELL students to improve their literacy. And uh, we've just just gotten started on the, the writing and science uh, seed project as well. So um, that is a that's a broad range of programs um, with many moving parts uh, that rely on the energies and commitment I'm imagining of many teacher leaders. Uh, so how how does the site develop that kind of capacity? And, and keep teachers engaged? Well, I, I think it's a matter of um, asking people to uh, try things that they may not uh, initially feel that they're uh, capable of doing, uh, just to uh, develop them some leadership capacity. 
uh, in the early days of, of our site, uh, one of our uh, co-directors, uh, Pat Hunter, um, practiced this uh, all the time by uh, asking people to try things, and, and they'd often express doubts. I was one of them. I don't know if I could do that. Well, Pat would say, well, I'll just pencil you in. Uh, and then she would be there to, uh, to support you uh, as you as you took on this new responsibility, and um, I've I've tried to emulate that myself in encouraging people to take on uh, leadership projects as well. But you're right; it it takes many people uh, to uh, manage a project uh, effectively. So, Bruce, you are a, a program manager, so you're the point person for. Um, for these initiatives that you mentioned, the, the seed science writing and the Pioneer Valley um, Readiness Center and a, a number of other programs, are you? Does that uh, put you in a relationship to a, a team of teacher leaders who are on the ground with these programs? And yes, does that's that right. Put you at this, and are you involved at a ground level? Um, with any of them, or just as, as the in a management position. Well, it's it's more uh, it's more like sitting at a round table. Um, uh-huh. So, uh, just to take a to take for example the the high needs uh, school project that that uh, we did under the seed grant, um, we had a um, uh, a leadership team that was made up of uh, three teacher consultants. Uh, from our writing project site, who had expertise in the in the areas that uh, we were doing professional development in for that school, but also included on the leadership team were three teachers from the school um, who who served to advise us about the conditions in the school and to uh, serve as liaisons to their colleagues who were participating in the professional development. And then another, so I, I participated in those leadership team meetings uh, uh, mainly as a facilitator as they, as they worked out the details uh, of the PD that was going to be delivered. And then I also served as liaison to the university to make sure the bills got paid and, and uh, the reports filed and so on. So the, the term manager um, feels more comfortable as a description of the, of the latter part of that. Um, rather than a program manager of the conversations, it, right? Which, which were more collegial. Absolutely, yeah. Um, so you have a, a perfect example of um, of how leadership is, uh, you know, identified. Potential leadership is identified and uh, and nurtured at the site. How people are matched uh, with program opportunities um, in, in the work of, of Leslie. Uh, and so Absolutely. I wonder if I can ask you to do the honors here and introduce uh, Leslie uh, to the group. Sure. Uh, Leslie Scantz Hodgson is currently the librarian and media specialist at Smith Vocational and Agricultural High School in Northampton. Uh, she uh, has been an English teacher. She's also served in as administrator at her school uh, at times. And at our site, she is the co-director for teacher programs. And uh, we've had the opportunity to work together uh, on a number of things. Uh, we 
co-taught a course on nonfiction, and Leslie is uh, actually deeply involved in uh, as a facilitator for uh, two of the projects that I was I just mentioned. Um, so, without further ado, let, let's welcome Leslie and bring her in here. And um, hi, Leslie. Glad you're hi. glad you're with us. Good and to be here. Thank you. I wonder if you could just plunge in and tell us a bit about your current work with the site and what brought you to that work. Um, well, what brought me to the writing project was um, when I became a teacher, it was my second career, and I had been a journalist before that, and one of the expectations when I was hired was to um, teach strictly the writing courses, and I, I thought, you know, I had gone to a teacher ed program, and I had my license, and I thought I could do it, but I couldn't really articulate how how I write and how to, I didn't really know how to teach writing, I just knew that I knew how to do it. Um, and so a colleague had told me about the the um, summer institute, and I went to that, and it just, you know, I had gone to school-sponsored professional development, and I had sat through the in-service, and I had actually, you know, to be honest, taken university courses, and none of it um, compared to the professional development I had at the summer institute, and I left that feeling so much better prepared. And I knew Charlie. Um, I didn't know Pat, but um, it was... It, Bruce is right, and Bruce does this too. You know, they do just make you feel very comfortable and, and make you realize that you, you know more than you think you do and that you can take on the added responsibilities and you can stretch yourself and it'll all be for the, the best. Um, it was Charlie who sent me to Washington, D.C. to do advocacy work for the writing project, and I didn't have a clue what <laughs> I was doing. He had more faith in me than I did. And um, and so I just appreciated that that faith and that that <clears throat> excuse me that trust in you know that we would rise to the challenge and so um, I, I I stuck with it I, I stepped out a few times each time I had a child and each time I missed it and I came back to the writing project um, both for the professional development for myself and then also when I had um, the opportunities to to provide the professional development and, and bring it onto my campus. Um, which I've been able to do um, actually this past year, that informational text course that Bruce and I taught to a different audience. We tweaked for our particular um, teachers, and, and somebody else taught it, another teacher uh, consultant who also has stepped out <laughs> after um, having children and coming back. And so it, it just, you know, it's just the circle just keeps um, expanding. So I... Um, now that I'm in a position to bring professional development on, I, you know, we, we plan, we collaborate, we just kind of brainstorm and talk things through, and Bruce is a great thinking partner, and um, so are the other people at the Western Mass Writing Project. And we've been able to just bring in um, lots of quality PD and, and bring in lots of teachers to, to deliver it. So you've, um, you've been involved in this um, Literacy Leadership Institute? Mm -hmm. Can can you this, describe that for us and tell us a little bit about what that looks like? I can. So actually, we're we have a somewhat of a model that we can reference. Um, we offered a similar advanced institute a couple of years ago when Massachusetts had. I don't know why, but they rolled out about 12 different initiatives all at the same time and drove everybody insane and, and caused anxiety. And so we thought we needed to get together and um, 
look at these in an organized way and, and have different expert groups and we can all um, become expert in, the, in a different initiative and train each other and and um, we'd all come out of it a little bit more knowledgeable. And so when we had the opportunity to work with this Pioneer Valley Readiness Center, we could we could build on that experience, pull in it, school administrators and teacher consultants, and we're pretty much doing the same thing. Um, doing inquiry projects and putting together workshops and, and sharing our knowledge with one another. And it just started. With their, a second organizational meeting happened um, just last week, and then we'll, we'll go deeper into it with much more time over the summer. Um, and we'll have more teacher consultants trained out of that that we can hopefully deploy into schools, and we'll have that much more capacity. And, it, and school administrators who now are, who know who they can call on um, to deliver that professional development, they, they don't know names and faces, and, and of course the writing project. So this is this is current and hot. <laughs> this is work that you're you're just plunging into, right? Based on based on a model of um, that's been successful in the past, and mm -hmm. um, as with all successful. NWP programs that responds to an immediate and pressing local need to respond to the frameworks, to respond to the Common Core standards. Um, Educator evaluation, English language learning. What else, Bruce? I mean, it <laughs> feels like there's just universal a, design for learning. A tsunami, um, right? Technology, right. Yeah, many, many units. things. Yeah, yeah. And you will meet throughout the summer and beyond. We'll meet mostly over the summer. We'll have a couple of meetings in the fall um, to to share. Um, we also have the park assessment. Let's not forget that. Um, so once we have data from those um, pilot tests, we'll we'll talk about that. We'll talk about how um, our different participating schools and districts are addressing some of these needs and what still needs to be addressed and how how we can all support each other in that. And hopefully, you know, the grant will money will run out, but hopefully, we'll have a nice professional learning network uh, to fall back on. And this is a Massachusetts DOE grant? Or is it? It is. Well, it's, it's a race to the top race, uh -huh. um, to Massachusetts to a regional readiness center. There are, I think, mm -hmm. maybe, I don't know, four or six different regional readiness centers, and we're attached to the Pioneer Valley one. And we have a history with them. They called on us to help uh, roll out the new frameworks in the first place at different regional meetings and and so we have um, we're a known entity and we've we've come through for them so you know they've called on us but that the future of that readiness center you know might be short-lived as the race to the top money goes away but but the Department of Ed um, is, is very familiar with us too and and again we, we've come through for them, so they often come to us for, for support and professional development. So the Western Massachusetts Writing Project has a reputation as a go-to resource for professional development, um, for quality professional development, and, and you stand at the ready <laughs> to, take on, to take on the next program. Well, thanks, Leslie. I, I want to keep you here and, and bring Bruce back in and um, ask you to both share a, a broader look at the leadership culture at the site. Um, so in addition to 
the, your specific roles in developing and supporting programs in response to current demands. Um, you both serve, I understand, or have served on the site's executive board. Mm -hmm. um, right. So I wonder if you can tell us a little bit about the role that teachers, leaders play at the site in site governance. What is what does that look like, and um, how has that uh, been a constant throughout the life of the site? Uh, sure. Well, we have we really have a working executive board that um, it's it's fairly large. It includes all of the co-directors and people who are coordinators of various programs like ELL and technology, uh, professional development, and so on. We also have um, liaisons to uh, the English department and the education department uh, at the university, and also now we we have a liaison to Westfield State University, which is we've also partnered with many times. And people who are um, involved in leading various programs serves on, serve on the executive board as well. But in addition to that, all executive board meetings are open to all teacher consultants. So we encourage people to come and participate uh, in them. And, and actually, each year we have um, an inquiry theme uh, that uh, addresses an issue that the board decides uh, we need to look into for the year. And uh, several of the meetings during the year will, will have segments that are focused on a reading that relates to that theme or an activity. So it's, uh, it's, it's a pretty uh, interactive uh, group that both uh, reflects people who are currently leading initiatives at the site, but also is a place where uh, new leaders can be, be grown as well. Um, and from what you've said, at both uh, the, the knowledge resources that um, members of the board and, and folks who come to these open meetings bring um, are not only content knowledge and procedural knowledge that can be um, tapped in delivering programs, but also connections, as you've mentioned, folks who are connected with the Department of Ed and connected with other agencies that can help you find partnership opportunities? Absolutely, absolutely. And, and, a, and actually a, a strategy that we've used a lot is to, um, to try to place uh, executive board members and other teacher consultants um, in volunteer roles. Our, our State Department of Education is always looking for people to serve on various committees. And uh, that's a terrific way to make connections. So uh, it's it's usually volunteer work, but it's uh, it's work that uh, pays off in the long run because uh, you know we get connected to people who eventually will be making decisions about grant programs and and other kinds of initiatives that we can be involved in. So these real um, strategic moves on your part. Um, let me let me also men mention many many folks are already familiar with uh, the monograph that you co-authored uh, about some of the leadership processes and structures at Western Mass. It's called the Challenge of Change: Growth Through Inquiry at the Western Massachusetts Writing Project, and we're going to put the link to that 
um, wonderful resource in uh, in the chat room on the NWP radio uh, platform. So I want to point you all to that and much of the thinking that Bruce is sharing and more uh, you can find there. Um, and really what it captures is that teachers at the center of the work of the site are not only, as Bruce and Leslie have mentioned, program leaders, but also genuinely co-constructors of the site's mission and vision and who take on a role of key responsibility for sustaining the site and growing its programs and seeking out um, support. So um, thank you both. Um, this has been wonderful, and uh, if there's time, we'll, we'll come back to you at the end. But we want to move now from uh, this rich look that Bruce and Leslie have shared with us of both a variety of programs and site work that are led by teacher leaders and um, more broadly about how the culture of leadership at, at the site is sustained and nurtured. And to do that, we're going to move clear across the country uh, to Oregon to talk with Karen and Karen, Karen Holm and Karen Hamlin about their work at the Oregon Writing Project Willamette and in, with a particular focus starting out uh, about their young writers camp. Um, but before we hear from them, I wanted to just take this opportunity to note, uh, as, as you all know, that NWC sites across the country have developed a rich variety of program models for working with young writers during the summer and throughout the year. It's a fact that teacher leaders at dozens of NWC sites are currently in the midst of planning for young writers programs this summer. And it makes perfect sense if you think about it that leading young writers programs is very often the point of entry for teachers into leadership at the site after the Summer Invitational Institute because uh, teachers, by definition, or the kinds of teachers who, who come to NWP uh, Summer Institutes are drawn to the site because they are committed to their work with students. So the opportunity to work with students in these extracurricular uh, sites of young writers programs is, you know, a particularly rich and wonderful next step. So uh, there's another uh, resource that captures one of the program models of the Young Writers Program, which is the Oklahoma's Marshall Plan. And that's another link that I, um, and a resource that I want to bring to your attention. And uh, that will be posted too. But um, now I want to bring in Karen Holmes to give us a glimpse of uh, her current work at the site with the Young Writers Program. Hi, Karen, and welcome. Hi, Pat. You're, hi, and I understand you're one of the leaders of uh, OWP Willamette's Young Writers Camp. Hi, I am. Um, I was part of a team of uh, four teachers in the Salem-Kaiser School District who collaborated with our site leader, Nancy Fisher, on developing high school-level writing camps. Uh, three of us were from West Salem High School, and one was from a district alternative school, but all of us were part of the Oregon Writing Project. So um, I wonder if you can tell us a bit about the, you know, the, how the program 
what the program model was and what your particular role was as the as a program leader? Sure. Um, our team worked with uh, Nancy Fisher, our site team leader, um, to look at the first successful year of our revived Young Writers Camp. Our elementary level camps had gone very well, but that first year our camps only went up through middle school. And because we were high school teachers, we knew that we had students who had benefited from this as well. So we just decided to think about how this program might serve their needs. And we designed the camp to assist with writing college application essays. Uh, specifically, um, but more broadly on writing style and technique. Um, part of that work included using planning funds to implement a pilot version of the camp during the school year. Uh, we held that camp on Saturday mornings at Willamette University and had a great turnout. Um, so what, um, what went on in, in, the, um, in your Saturday? Session. Well, we we had we had about 25 uh, students show up on Saturday mornings about 10 o'clock, and uh, we had sort of a roundtable uh, writing sessions. We brought in different um, writing prompts and writing uh, models, uh, and we had students doing lots of writing, lots of sharing. And uh, at the end of uh, three weeks with them every Saturday morning for about two hours every Saturday morning, after about three weeks they had uh, their uh, essays uh, re revised and ready to go for final editing. Uh, so that was pretty exciting. And so you think that that particular focus, uh, how, did you, um, how did you market um, the opportunity for Saturday mornings? Well, uh, we had a captive audience in our uh, classrooms. Uh, we were teachers of juniors and seniors, and um, a lot of them are uh, college-bound, and most of them were thinking about their college uh, uh, essays and uh, their college applications. And so we said, well, we're going to pilot this. We're going to offer it for you know a very cheap fee. We want to see how it works. And the kids, you know, they, they signed up in droves. They showed up on those Saturday mornings. They even brought snacks. I was really, uh, really, really happy. Um, yeah. And snacks are always, as we know, an important part of the model. Absolutely. Um, so I'm curious, how many, um, how many left with uh, an essay, and um, and what kind of feedback did you get on that particular task and its impact after the fact? Have you heard? back about that? Yeah, they all left with an, uh, a polished essay, and uh -huh. um, they actually gave us some great feedback on um, what they really felt worked. They liked um, the models that we brought in. They liked seeing the bad models, the good models. They liked the interaction between the teachers. They ha we had three, three of us that were um, there at every session. Um, and yeah, they all really felt successful by the end of it, and so they passed that word on to their friends who were going to take it in the following summer uh, at Willamette University for um, a week. Uh, so we actually got quite a bit of word of mouth going on with the students as well. Uh-huh, who had a great time and, and yep. told their, their friends about it. Yep. So what part of, the, of that Saturday morning model did you roll into the camp model itself and which what did you modify or change? 
we rolled almost um, 100% of it um, into the Summer Institute. Um, we were able to bring in a few more models, um, a few more writing prompts. Um, we were able to actually adapt it to scholarship application essays in addition to just um, college application essays. So we, we were able to broaden it out a little bit, and students were able to come out of it uh, with three essays instead of just one. To say nothing of learning lessons about effective writing that were gen could be generalizable to all kinds of other contexts in their Absolutely. lives. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. To learn about audience and purpose and making an argument. Yes, absolutely, and, um, and and really how to connect with the reader to know who you are as a writer, and that was the biggest eye opener for them because they just want to answer the question, you know, why do you want to come to our university, and they don't want to actually give a glimpse of who they are, and so this was a way for them to see that it's okay to write about yourself. Excellent. Um, so you mentioned that um, Nancy. I'm, I'm guessing that Nancy. Fisher um, was in a kind of management role in relation to this work, similar to Bruce's role in relation to some of the programs that he um, manages and facilitates. So did, did that feel familiar to you, that, that Nancy both managed the budget and some of the, um, you know, some of the administrative details, but also kind of sat in as a facilitator on planning meetings? Yeah, that's part correct. Of, uh -huh, yeah. Part of the conversation. So um, let me bring Karen, the other Karen in here, Karen Hamlin, and, and ask you about this idea because, you know, we've used the, the phrase a couple of times so far uh, of teachers at the center, not, not only of leading programs, but of really making key decisions about site priorities and how to invest. Um, site resources, including human resources. So um, I wonder if, if you could talk a bit about, um, you know, who owns this work? Where does it come from? And who makes the decision that a, that a program like this um, gets the attention of the site? Sure. Um, the idea of, of reviving the Young Writers Camps grew out of a site strategic planning retreat. Uh, we found ourselves in the position where uh, we had reduced um, support in terms of tuition revenue from our university. Uh, the NWP grants were being uh, restructured. And so we needed to take a look at how our site was going to grow revenues um, support uh, that both supported teachers' interests but also provided the revenue that the site needed in order to sustain the infrastructure of the site. Specifically, um, we have an administrative assistant, which is gold to us, and we wanted to figure out how um, we could generate funding to be able to keep her. So we brought um, our teachers together to talk about the goals of the site, um, to talk about potential streams of funding for the site. And one of the ideas that they proposed uh, was to revive our young writers camps. 
Um, we had taken a look at sites across the network, and we, we saw that other sites were using this really successfully as a way to generate revenue. Um, a decade or so ago, we had done these at our site, and it just seemed like a perfect time to bring that idea back. Uh, we had a group of teachers um, who seemed to have the energy and the interest and desire to um, recommit to doing these. So um, the first year, uh, Nancy Fisher organized a group of teachers who decided on a format for the camps, planned them over the course of the year, advertised them, and very successfully launched five camps. Wow. And then um, we got a seed grant, um, and part of that seed grant was to bring together teacher leadership teams, and that's where Karen Holmes, Karen Holm, uh, and her group took over that work. They they reviewed the re results of the first year, which were really successful at the elementary level. Um, enrollment tapered off just a little bit with our middle school students, um, and we hadn't addressed at all the need of involving high school writers. So Karen then was part of that team um, that took on the challenge of thinking about what would be useful and successful to do at high school. So in terms of ownership, um, it was really, I mean, that was, a, that was an idea that grew out of uh, a site teacher retreat, and um, they took it and they ran very successfully with it. So I don't I don't know if Karen uh, Holm. Yes. Are you? Uh, I wonder um, if if you've um, if we probably covered this next uh, point about um, about how the program was was developed. Yeah, um, I think we have. Yeah, I wonder. Um, and this is back to Karen, um, Karen Hamlin or Karen Holm. You can jump in uh, to it. It's so convenient that you're both here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. um, that worked well. It would have been more convenient if it if Bruce and Leslie had been Bruce and Bruce <laughs> or Leslie and Leslie. But um, so can can one or both of you say something about what your site learned um, from this about? Not only developing programs, but supporting teacher leaders. What did it What did it take to bring uh, teachers into the into the center of not only um, the development of these programs, but thinking of the program in terms of what it could contribute to the sustainability of the site? Uh, yeah, I think uh, one of the things that uh, the site leadership thought about and took away from this was that when we bring teachers together to do planning, it's really important that we provide enough background information uh, for their work so that when they propose a project, um, there's no question about whether it's going to be approved because we already know that it fits with what's needed and what's doable. Um, I, I, as a site director, I don't like thinking about being in the position of deciding yes or no to a teacher's proposal. So by the time they've put some work and some thought 
and some time into it. Um, I want to know that it's going to be a proposal that we're going to enthusiastically say yes to. So another piece that we did at our retreat was to develop um, criteria for proposals that um, address the goals and mission of the site. So first, um, we want proposals that for the goals of the National Writing Project and that they have, they have um, a focus on teachers' writing. They have a focus on teachers improving um, the writing of their students, that they further the goals of the site and support the site efforts in general. Um, and then here's where it gets a little bit harder, um, that they are financially self-sustaining and or even better if they can provide revenue for the site. And the one that we've more recently added, um, because we've uh, raised our own awareness around this, is that uh, we're promoting projects that strengthen the visibility of the site and strengthen our relationship with our university and the goals of the university. It used to be that when we worked with teachers to develop budgets for their projects, we asked them to make sure that their revenue covered their expenses. And their expenses were generally things like stipends for coordinators, stipends for project leaders, stipends for instructors, uh, materials and supplies, copying, postage, and then because it's a writing project function, um, there was always food involved. And so we had them cover the cost of that. Um, but now, we're also finding ourselves um, needing to ask that each project support part of the cost of maintaining the site. So in our case, we want to provide support for our administrative assistant. We want to be able to provide support for site leaders who have no other stipend or course release support. So um, we're asking um, at the moment, we're asking that teachers budget 20% of project revenue to go to support the infrastructure of the site. And so once a project like Young Writers um, exceeds that, um, and the, the first summer our Young Writers projects made a windfall profit, it seemed only fair to us um, that we would put that extra profit, if you will, um, into a designated account so that after that the Young Writers team would have a slush fund that they could decide how they wanted to use, if they wanted to, to launch new initiatives. Or um, with Karen's team in particular, they're very, very concerned about providing scholarships for students whose families just simply can't, can't afford um, summer writing camp fees. And so they found um, U.S. bank funding for that, or they can use some of their extra revenue to cover those those scholarship costs or whatever it is they decide. Um, so, so this shift here, what, you, what you're talking about really, um, in order for the teachers who are, are leading programs to, to take all of these goals into account as they're thinking about developing a program, including um, the financial uh, support for maintaining site infrastructure, um, and and even this idea of strengthening visibility and the relationship with the university, it really brings teacher leaders uh, 
into the center of the kind of thinking that in the past at some place was really the, the domain of, of directors who, who focused on the budget and uh, focused on university relations. So it really, um, it, it really expands uh, this notion of, of teacher leadership and this notion of teachers um, at the center of, of site work. I think so. I, I think it's important that um, teachers across our site know how and why all of this stuff is done the way that it's done. And they're the ones that come up with ideas and decisions about what they want to do. Um, another example of that was um, our certificate in the teaching of writing. We sent a team of, I think, 12 teachers to um, the Lewis and Clark Urban Sites Conference. Um, and they came back and they would had a, a fabulous conference, but they also came back and said, how come Lewis and Clark has this certificate in the teaching of writing and we don't have one of those? And so we did. Um, we took a year, we designed it, got it approved through the university, um, and we launched it. It was a great idea. But again, that was an idea that came from our advisory board. I wonder before we um, before we move on, if if Bruce or Leslie, um, who are listening, have any thoughts about where the conversation has taken us. Well, I, I think the the point about the the real energy for uh, developing new ideas coming from uh, teachers and teacher leaders uh, is is uh, right on target. Um, I, I was thinking about some of our uh, meetings that have happened over the years, um, uh, sometimes at moments of crisis, <laughs> um, you know, funding crises or other kinds of leadership crises that have proved to be um, really uh, generative times for refocusing on the mission of the site and and uh clarifying what the mission of the site is in some cases and then thinking about well what you know where should we best uh put our energy and the resources that we have and uh it's it's always been um teams of teachers that have that have made those crucial decisions and i would just add um in addition to that, that the teachers also are the ones who come with their passions and say, you know, we have a really strong um, group of teachers who are passionate about social justice, and so they want to design programs around that. And then there are teachers who are really strong in technology, and they want to propose those, and they're just allowed to, to run with them. And they, they're just, you know, if they need help to flesh it out, it's there, or they can design it and um, utilize whatever support they feel they need. Yeah, I think, you know, I think that passion, I mean, I heard that passion in, in Karen Holmes' um, enthusiasm about working with high school writers on application and, and scholarship um, essays. It's, um, it's a program that's out there. It's not happening in her school, but it, but it you know, it, it's clear to me that it, that it grows from your teaching and, and feeds back to your teaching. Um, and in the same way, Leslie, you're you're talking about uh, developing 
the the Pioneer Valley Valley program to respond to current current mandates. I know that you're in a school and that you have to respond and your teachers have to respond to mandates. So it's not work that's apart from where your feet stand in the ground of your classroom and your school. Um, and that's where the energy comes from. I think that's where the, the passion for the work comes from. So if we're not tapping that at the center of site work, um, we're missing a lot. <laughs> um, so we have just a few minutes, and I wanted to um, I wanted to um, to come back to this idea of um, of teachers at the center of making uh, decisions and thinking about site work. Um, and uh, recently, um, and Karen was involved in this. Uh, we developed, the National Writing Project developed a, a resource that captures uh, the, the business thinking. Um, many of you know um, Mike Mathis, who is the longtime director of, of grants at uh, National Writing Project and um, who has over time talked to many site leaders about, uh, about planning, about how site work is entrepreneurial, and it's entrepreneurial, I think, in, in some of the ways that we've, we've heard from, from Karen Hamlin, that um, it takes into account the, this notion that a writing project site is, is, is a business. It's a, it's a business model um, that um, offers services for fees and has to use some of those fees to sustain the infrastructure and leadership at the site. So um, we developed a resource called Business Planning for Program Development, and we'll have a link to that in the chat room, too. Um, but I wanted to spend these last few minutes, um, and, and let me just say that it's designed as a, a resource for site teams to engage with together. It's a very thorough and very organized uh, stage inquiry into all the levels of thinking that a site leadership team would engage in to design and develop a new, a new program, a new revenue generating program for a site. So with Karen's help, uh, I want to spend the last few minutes that we have taking a look at this as a planning tool. and see a bit from the example of how um, Karen and the team at Willamette used the resource in its early stages uh, to support their work. So Karen, can I, can I ask you to tell us a little bit about where you were at that point and, um, and how, you, how you piloted some of, of the early drafts of this resource with your team? Sure. Um, at Willamette, uh, we used part of our seed funding to bring together three teacher leader teams, um, and they, they picked their leadership topics. Uh, one team worked on site communication and informal community building activities. Another team uh, decided on a design for in-service, um, including developing the budget, the new budgeting model that we use, um, and then uh, the team that Karen Holm was a part of uh, worked on our young writing 
writers programming. Um, teams met over the course of about seven months and then came together for a cafe-style roundtable dinner to, to share their work and decide on ne next steps. Um, during that process, um, site leaders Jennifer Roberts, Angel Obery, Nancy Fisher um, served as thinking partners for those teams, and we convened our own thinking partner team. And our goal was to really think about that work of mentoring new site leaders and mentoring new site leader teams. Um, what, what was that mentoring work? What was the work that we needed to do? And how were each of the four of us going about doing it? And during that time, uh, we piloted the inquiry steps, the um, forms, the budget model um, of those documents that fed into um, the business planning resources. And what we found was that uh, the steps in that process and the questions, the documents in that process helped us remember what teachers needed to know. Um, it kept us on track with what we needed to help them with in order to really envision, develop, and lead projects. It also um, really helped us to be transparent about budgeting and help teachers see why pieces of the work like recruiting, like targets, like deadlines, like calendaring were so important. And what we found was that when teachers build their own budgets, um, they, can, they can decide, okay, if enrollment targets aren't met, these are the expenses that we're going to have to to reduce. It didn't have to come then from us. They were um, they owned those decisions. The downside of that was um, that they, like all of us, uh, they want to do the fun part. And the fun part is the writing with other teachers. The fun part is the teaching. That's why we all have come to this work. Um, not too many of us actually want to do the budgeting. We don't want to do the paperwork. Um, but I think that what we've decided is that sharing that work and the responsibility of that work um, truly grows site leaders who come to know all of the pieces of that. And from my perspective, of course, as site director, and this is going to sound a little self-serving, but it's true, um, getting to share all of those administrative tasks and decisions makes my job way more fun and way more manageable. And not to, uh, not to exhaust this notion of, of teachers at the center, but it takes... Um, it, it takes the old model of a teacher who's leading a discrete program um, who may be aware that other people are leading programs too, um, but not really understanding how they all feed into the larger picture of site work. It really moves them from that vantage point on the, you know, and I don't in any, this is the wrong word, periphery, um, into the very center where they can see how everything connects and how everything contributes. Um, and my guess, I mean, you can tell me if I'm, I'm being Pollyanna here. My, my guess is once uh, site leaders or program leaders begin to do their own budgeting and make those budgeting decisions, um, 
that that actually becomes central and essential to that work? Do they, they come yeah, to and not, not love it, to appreciate it? Oh, I think absolutely. And I think the other piece that, and we're and we aren't there yet as a site, but where I hope we get to um, is being able to much better understand um, economy of scale. So uh, when we begin to build up these programs, like our Young Writers Camps, um, we can see where um, th- here are our expenses with three camps, but those expenses aren't going to you know, grow at the same pace, but our income is going to going to grow at a greater pace when we get to 10 camps. And then we're also going to be able to take a look at, as you said, about how those projects can support other initiatives across the site. Mm-hmm. So if there is capacity to run five camps, uh, that notion of economy of scale uh, is really a business principle. So it right. is business thinking right at, right at the heart. We um, we are almost out of time, and I I um, I, I really want to recommend to you, um, and and you've heard some of what engaging with the uh, business planning for program development resource um, supported at Karen at Karen and Karen's site. I really want to recommend that to site leadership. We actually. Um, it, it became the focus of an online learning experience, a two-part online learning experience, the audio of which is available at that website. And um, along with multiple um, multiple resources from sites, program models, marketing materials for programs, budget templates, job descriptions, uh, everything that a leadership team uh, might need to sit down and really work through um, an inquiry into the, the possibility of developing a new program. So I, I really want to recommend that to you. And I think we're just about out of time. Is there any last comment that anybody wants to make before we say thank you and sign off? Pat, this, this is this is joy. Just saying that um, this was fascinating to listen to you all talk about this work um, and how you how you manage it, how teachers lead it. Um, this is a, a really important conversation. So I want to thank you from the listener's point of view and look forward to many other people having a chance to tune in and also to checking out the resources that are available that you all have mentioned and we've we've collected. So thank you, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Pleasure. Thank you very much. It's been, uh, it's been wonderful. Keep up the good work. Thanks. Thanks. We will. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.